Hey there my lovelies, how the heck are you? Welcome to another Shedlet, a mini holy shed, because as you may know I'm taking it a little bit easier during August so I'm not taxing myself too much but hopefully we can still have a lot of fun and uh, as you can see I'm not in the shed, I'm actually in Clapham in South London. Uh, it's quite quiet for a Sunday afternoon at the moment but you probably can hear traffic going by and uh, just over this wall here actually uh, there's one of those community table tennis tables, you know, and uh, there's some people out there having fun. I love that kind of thing, don't you? It's great. Now, I know some of you may be down under, uh, you know, in Australia or New Zealand or wherever where August means something different for you. But for us here in the UK, August is holiday time. Added to which, for me and Pat, it's birthday time. Uh, we both have our birthdays one day after another next week. So... Yeah, lots of fun. I love August. But it's also a month when, over the years, I have taken more weddings than I could possibly shake a stick at. And that's, that's a, a, a great pleasure for me too. I love conducting weddings. And none more than, actually, the wedding of these two lovelies, who I helped to tie the knot at just about this time last year. And um, it was a balmy summer evening in a, in a community garden in North London, just behind Arsenal's Emirates Stadium, uh, where a delightfully diverse gathering of beautiful people assembled for the marriage of these two people, Rachel and Haroon. And um, as you can see, uh, they come from different backgrounds, different traditions. It was a Christian slash Muslim mixed faith wedding. And I was blessed to be able to uh, conduct the ceremony with Imam Usama Hassan, who you can see here. He's a very interesting man. Um, he's a scientist and astronomer, fellow of the Royal Astronomical Society, also an Islamic scholar, but most of all, he's a delightful human being. And I, I'm just so blessed that well, these two people uh, went looking for progressive progressively minded clerics in their two traditions who they thought would, would be happy to work together to have this sort of interfaith wedding and um, and through that I was blessed to, to find this, this gorgeous man. Um, not everybody thinks he's gorgeous, you know, within the Muslim community. Uh, amongst some people, Osama is controversial. He attracts um, all kinds of bad attention on the internet and elsewhere, you know, a lot of abuse even death threats because well because firstly he is a scientist and he believes in evolution which you know there are plenty of plenty of christian circles where that's controversial too astonishing in this day and age but um there it is and, and so yeah he, he's seen as someone who's betraying uh, allah betraying the prophet betraying uh, the holy scriptures but also He's controversial and has attracted uh, pretty horrible uh, reactions from people because he campaigns against religious extremism. And I'd like you to take a look at a little clip of film of him talking about this, about some of his experiences about this. Take a look. My name is Osama Hassan. I'm an academic, uh, an astronomer, scientist, and also a part-time imam. I, I grew up in London, but for about 20 years since I was a teen, I was firmly a, an Islamist, somebody who uh, 
highly politicized Islam and was convinced and was taught by the various groups and circles I moved in that uh, the uh, entire world was at war with Islam, the entire non-Muslim world was at war with Islam. And we had to struggle to bring about an Islamic revolution and establish a global Islamic state. Whilst I was an undergraduate at Cambridge about 20 years ago, during my Christmas holidays, actually, I went to Pakistan and crossed the border to Afghanistan and trained and fought briefly with the Mujahideen in Kunar in uh, eastern Afghanistan. Um, this was against the communists just after the Soviets had left. So I took part in that war briefly, including uh, taking part in artillery fire at the, at the front line. The, after that, I supported the Bosnian War. I had friends who died in the Bosnian War. And uh, the Afghan experience meant that many of us had sympathies for Al-Qaeda as Al-Qaeda evolved from the, uh, the anti-Soviet struggle then. After 9-11, I began to really soul search because Osama bin Laden, of course, was a hero of the anti-Soviet war, but now had uh, taken this crazy path of uh, issuing a fatwa saying all Western taxpayers were legitimate targets. And uh, I began that soul searching to, to understand you know, what exactly was going on. I spent a year in Pakistan in 2003. I, in fact, met somebody there who claimed to be in touch with bin Laden. Uh, this was in Islamabad. And he uh, announced at the dinner party where we were that Osama bin Laden was alive and well and, th and that the work was, uh, was continuing. Anyway, I came back from there very disillusioned with the state of Islam in, in Muslim countries. And all these notions of an Islamic state, I realized, were, were nonsense. What you needed was basic justice and uh, economic equality. And the July the 7th bombing was the last straw for me. I, I realized not only had I rejected all of that uh, excessive politicization, but now I had to openly speak out and, and, and fight against that nonsense. And uh, uh, that's what I continue to do. And uh, along with Majid and others, have received a lot of intimidation and even death threats for the work we do now. Wow, I love this man, you know. Uh, actually, I love meeting people of all faiths and none who are on honest journeys, you know, people who are not locked into dogmatic interpretations, whether they are, you know, of religious uh, theologies or non-religious ideologies, whatever it is, but people who recognize, um, you know, that, that life, that faith is always going forward not abandoning the past, uh, but evolving from it and forward into the future. The problem with you know, living through uncertain times, as we most certainly are at present, uh, the problem is that certainty becomes uh, a much sought after commodity. You know, people want certainty, of course they do. We all do, I'd, I'd love to have uh, a crystal ball to tell me how things are going to work out in the world. You know, the climate crisis, which now seems to be confronting us every day in the news, uh, the war in Ukraine, uh, America's growing tensions with China, you know, the economic crisis, you name it. There are so many things. Uh, better still, of course, I'd love to be able to control these things. We would all love to be able to do that. And religion is one place where a lot of people turn for certainty to a God who is timeless and in control of events, uh, a God who has got 
a plan that can't be refuted so it feels like you're you know you're, you're you've got this kind of cast iron cover really so there's an attraction to fundamentalist and dogmatic retrograde retrograde elements in all faith traditions dogma dogmatic attitudes basically offer certainty but it's false certainty you know which which thrives in the echo chambers of absolutist religion you know in bubbles of certitude and and can as we know result in in extremism uh, of various sorts uh, but offers no constructive way forward for our world basically um, there are you know coming up to eight billion people on planet earth and um, and just think about it you know we all live on this tiny brilliant globe floating through the darkness of space uh, but it's a globe it's a planet which is overheating headed for climate apocalypse of our own making um, and then there's the the geopolitical conflicts that also threaten to spiral out of control all of a sudden after all these decades of my lifetime the, the nuclear threat seems to be sort of coming back into the picture again which is all so so sad these are times i think when really we should be turning to our wisdom traditions for guidance in discovering global cooperation instead of all of this fragmentation and tribalism based on populist politics and religion and so on you know it's a time when we should not be huddling together in these little ghettos for retrospective reassurance we need faith traditions of courage uh, vision and progress and not regression into worn out certitudes now you know I'm not advocating syncretism you know a sort of religious or cultural pea soup where we ignore difference and where we, we basically rubbish tradition um, no 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 not at all I think that diversity is a fantastic thing I think diversity is one of the great achievements of human community uh, and too easily syncretism you know becomes a form of cultural and religious vandalism you know where precious traditions and differences are annihilated and lost um, but but actually I think that differences exist to be celebrated not tolerated but celebrated uh, but tradition you know really isn't supposed to be something that isolates or contains or inhibits progress tradition exists uh, to enrich um, to provide a sense of rootedness uh, to provide sustenance for a journey into the future not a journey into the past so this little shedless is basically a toast it's a toast to open-mindedness because in my view open-mindedness is one very beautiful fruit of the Holy Spirit you do know Paul's list of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians isn't supposed to be exhaustive right <laughs> you know open-mindedness I think is a spiritual virtue whether people are religious or not if they have the quality of open-mindedness then that I think is a spiritual virtue it's a form of humility apart from anything else an acknowledgement of one's limited human perspective and I think that the absence of open-mindedness is arguably uh, the single largest factor in all of humanity's problems you know political religious whatever 
and in the history of mankind i think it has to be said that it's you know open-mindedness's single greatest enemy has been religion you know and religious certainty religious dogma faith uh, or indeed any ideology or worldview becomes a problem it becomes a problem only when it forbids any worldview but its own when it when it says this and this alone is truth and you know to hell with the rest the substitution of dogma for reality has caused unconscionable suffering death and destruction throughout history and continues today i think to to cause suffering and to prevent progress in many areas of life and many areas of the world so hey let's toast progress and open-mindedness and this is a topic i should say which we will come back to when the holy shed restarts proper but meanwhile if you have a drink to hand then grab it now pour yourself a little drop of something as i indeed am and uh, here's a toast to progress to positive evolution in our world to uh, it's a toast to open-mindedness yeah it's to life basically L'chaim. well you know if um if you like the holy shad you know you can support us um by buying us a coffee through the uh coffee site link which is on your screen now it's also always at the top of the holy shed uh posts and uh, we thank you so much all of you who support us in this way and lots of other ways too much much appreciated so i'm going to finish a little shedless with a song no i'm not going to sing it i haven't got a guitar to begin with <laughs> No, it's a song by uh, a dedicated Shedster, a big friend of the Holy Shed, a guy called Monty Linz, uh, who is part of uh, a progressive uh, regular event called Fifth Sunday and Food for Thought. You can check them out on the internet, Fifth Sunday and Food for Thought. Uh, they do some lovely things there. So um, this song is, is basically a lovely summary of what I've been talking about today. It's one of Monty's songs and he's singing it. So enjoy this. Uh, have a great week. Um, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you. Stay human. And uh, I'll see you soon. Enjoy August. Bye.